0: to the IMDb Journey Podcast, where we break down every movie from the top 250 and give our thoughts, our reviews, and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and welcome to the IMDb Journey Podcast,
1: where we break down every All right, all w- right, right, right. <laughs> that, that's, that's enough. Uh, and I'm Dean Jeffrey. And Dean? Dean Jeffrey? Hendo? All right, now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into today's film, Groundhog Day.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, let's do that. Oh, you're yeah. back. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it wasn't that much of a punch. Brilliant! How are you, mate? Good. Uh, actually, I'm not. I've, I'm quite. Uh, yeah, you, you, you couldn't. You
0: couldn't convince me that you were good. You're coming oh, in looking like absolute dog shit today.
1: Oh well, you know, fuck you. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay. I've just been a bit under the weather lately, but uh, fit and raring to go for this, as always. You're not gonna, you're not going to turn this down. No. How have you been, Hando?
0: That's been all right. I've had a pretty relaxing first start of the holidays here. Mind you, I've had uh, both kids sick over the first week, so that's basically been uh, my job for the last week, is looking after the kids. I'm sure you know what that's like.
1: I do. That is our job every day. Yes. For the rest of our lives.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so aside from being sick, have you done anything else, mate?
1: Well, I actually played golf on uh, Sunday. Shocker. <laughs> no, it was good. It was actually, it was really good this time because uh i had my brother mitch come join me so we had a group of four which was nice and we played at a course we hadn't played before which is a bit more upper class and it was fantastic
0: well as someone who used to work at uh several different golf courses i can attest to the different quality of courses that are out there
1: (laughs) yes and despite even you having worked at this particular (laughs) golf course it was still pretty good (laughs) yeah i didn't tarnish it that bad no not that bad all right hendo what else are we doing today
0: well, after our breakdown of Groundhog Day, we're going to take a look at some reviews that you, the listeners, have given to the movie. Then we'll get into our competition with our top five 80s comedies. And I've got to say, you guys out there with your top fives, it's a, it's a rough one. It's so broad. <laughs> yes, like, it is.
1: I really think we are, we should try and narrow it down for next time. <laughs>
0: But then we get too many too many right answers, then we'll have to figure out which is the right one out of those. This one was pretty easy to figure out who had the right answer here. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, we'll take a look at the Pod V Pod 22 draft results between us and the Retro Cinema Podcast, and it's an interesting result. I'll just uh, leave it at that for now. It is. And then after that, we'll take a look at the results of the grand final in the best 1970s film tournament, which will lead us into our... Best 1980s film tournament. And we've got a lot of good films coming up for the 80s.
1: Well, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to top the 70s, though. Yeah, you're a big, f- big, big 70s fan. fan. I, I, I am a big 70s fan. I really think the the best of the best in the 70s stacks up very nicely against almost any decade. Well, the results
0: of the 70s did uh, bring some uh, controversy online. with a lot of people going, how did this win? How did that win? Which brought up some uh, controversy for the 1950s, apparently. A lot of people going, they're saying, how did 12 Angry Men win? And Really? Yeah. It's interesting. There's
1: well that's that's Refresh my memory. What
0: did Twelve Angry Men beat in the final? It beat Rear Window, but there's a lot of people saying, you know, Vertigo should have won oh, and, and okay. ones that were further down the line. But yep. you know, it's subjective. Everyone comes in, you put your votes in, and this is the one that got the most. So Exactly. And then after that, we'll be taking a look at what movie we'll be watching next time. But before we get into all that, let's take a look at the numbers so far for the movie watching challenge between Paul and myself. It's a race. It's a race. I'm winning, I'm winning. And at the time of this recording, I am sitting at four hundred to Paul's four hundred and sixty. So it's first to five hundred. Uh, uh, have you picked up some? It's been about the same. So he's, even with all the, <laughs> he's put the pedal down. He, he's done <laughs> Holy well. Shit. I'm super impressed that he's managed to just keep his keep
1: his margin and get to the end. I'm honestly, I'm impressed that you, knowing that you have lost, are still. Ruining your life, <laughs> watching movie after movie after movie. Well, I'm just hoping that nothing. I'm
0: just hoping that maybe his Blu-ray player breaks or his Netflix subscription gets cancelled or maybe his perfect little 4K TV that he bangs on about gets smashed to pieces or something like that. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But no, the way this is going, this should be done within the next week or set, fortnight, basically. So it won't be next week. He's not going to watch 40 films in a week. I uh, wouldn't put it past him. I think I did 36 a couple of weeks ago, so it's nearly doable. God. You can't even imagine four in a four. Back. I was
1: <laughs> just I, like, honestly, we've got a... Uh, what have we got, out What else have we have been watching next week? And I, honestly, I think I'm at zero at the moment. You sad, pathetic man. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Give me the update. All right, Hendo. What's been going on on the IMDb Top 250 list?
0: Well, having a quick look here, we can see that... Seven Samurai has taken over Avengers Endgame for the nineteenth spot. So Endgame's only dropped one spot. We've seen
1: that. So Endgame's at nineteen or 20? twenty.
0: Twenty. Yeah. Nice. Meanwhile, The Lion King has gone to forty-four over Whiplash. And that's pretty much the only small little changes you see here. There's been a couple of, a couple of, couple of drops here. We see Room has dropped a couple of spots down to one hundred fifty-six. Lead Diabolique has dropped down to two thirty-six. The big drop here, though, is this Neon Genesis Evangelion movie that's dropped seven spots down to 216. So we'll probably see that go a little bit further and hopefully drop out of this list since I really don't have any plans to watch this until maybe pick number 250.
1: This is this would be your last pick.
0: I mean, this is a, a movie from a TV show, an old anime TV show. If we're going to watch this, we're going to have absolutely no idea what is going on in this
1: film. So you haven't seen this film? No. And you're just automatically writing it off? Yeah, because I know it's... Because it's, it's anime.
0: Because it's a movie from an anime TV show. You want to go watch the entire anime series to understand this movie?
1: I don't think that that would be required viewing. Well, I've heard it is, all right. But as we
0: mentioned last week, we do have a new inclusion into the list here, and that is Toy Story 4. Okay, where did it where did it debut? Do you have that? It did debut at number 110. Okay,
1: so uh, not definitely not the heights of Toy Story 3. Oh, when it debuted, yeah, yeah. Deb- debuted at number 6.
0: Back in 2010. Yeah. But it has dropped to 119 now, so a couple of spots in the last week. So we'll we'll track its progress and see where it ends up. And looking right down to the bottom of the list, out of it now is Three Colours Red, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and Song of the Sea. And in its place is the aforementioned Toy Story 4, Eight and a Half, and Winter Sleep once again.
1: Fair enough.
0: Even taking a look at which films have received the most ratings since we've spoken last... Endgame's picked up another 14,000 ratings on here. Massive. And even like the next two are Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse and Green Book, each picking up about 7,000, 6,000 votes. But you look at the other ones here, you've got Shawshank Redemption's bagged another 5K ratings. (laughs) Really? Dark Knight picked up another 4,900. Even Forrest Gump got 4,600. And Inception, 4,500 votes. So incredible. Yeah, these films are up the top. People are still rating and reviewing them as they go along.
1: Radio. Alright, before we get into Groundhog Day I've just got to preface it with the usual spoiler warning We will be spoiling this movie from the get-go So if you haven't seen it yet, be warned And with that being said, let's get into Groundhog Day
0: We could do whatever we want yeah. He's discovering the possibilities
1: Don't you worry about cholesterol? Why? And living life mm. like there's Phil? no tomorrow Phil
0: Connors! Ned!
1: because there
0: isn't. I am an immortal. I have been stabbed, shot, burned, frozen, electrocuted. I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. He's out of his gourd. But to get what his heart wants most What
1: are you looking for, Phil? A date for the weekend?
0: means living this day over again (laughs) till he gets it right. Believe it or not, I studied 19th century French poetry. (laughs) What a waste of time. So Groundhog Day, released in 1993, starring Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, Chris Elliott, and Stephen Tobolowsky, directed by Harold Ramis. Can you name any other Harold Ramis films before we continue?
1: Ghostbusters? No. Well, he was in it. it didn't mean he made it. He was. He helped make it. <laughs> that's, that's he was a, a contributing That's a poor batter. showing by you. Caddyshack. Caddy, did he actually direct Caddyshack? He
0: directed Caddyshack. He directed the original Vacation, as well as the Analyze wow.
1: films. Analyze this, analyze that. Yeah, those two, which yeah. I've seen neither of. Okay, I think I've already had a really to you telling me that on the podcast, but just in case I haven't, really? Yeah, really. have you not seen Analyze This? I don't know. I've
0: seen nearly you it's know, really I've seen good. Like 400 films this year. i oh, really them good are...
1: considering <laughs> what it is, but it's it's an enjoyable watch.
0: Okay, fair enough. I might get to it.
1: It's probably a short film too. Just putting that out
0: there. Didn't come up on any of my short film lists. <laughs> but the screenplay was done by Harold Ramus and Danny Rubin as well. Did you hear about some of these early drafts explaining how Phil Connors gets into this little weird experience. They were going to explain yeah, how it happened. Yeah,
1: so we'll just, before we get into that, let's just say you said it was written by Danny Rubin and Harold Ramis. It's my understanding it was written fully by Danny Rubin and then Harold Ramis has come along and made some alterations towards it. But really the story is Danny Rubin's. And in his original screenplay, he had it explained that an ex-girlfriend of Phil's cast a spell... Or something to that effect.
0: Yeah, he cast a spell on him to teach him a lesson to make sweet love to groundhogs all over the land while reading Charles Dickens while covered in shame.
1: That... Oh, that what? Like, yeah, there's some weird oh, wait, stuff wait, wait. there. Really? <laughs> yeah, really.
0: <laughs> so happy that they changed it to just, it's just going to be some sort of magical thing we're not going to explain. Let's talk about casting Dean. Do you know who Tom Hanks... I just said it. Gosh. <laughs> yes. Do you know who Howard Ramus originally wanted?
1: Yeah, he originally Spoiler wanted. Alert. No. <laughs> he originally wanted Tom Hanks in the uh, the role of. Oh, well, how'd you know that? But thankfully, he declined. Slash, Ramus realized he was too nice. Yes, and they did not go for him. Others in contention I saw were Chevy Chase, who was decided again was too nice. Obviously, they should have waited a few years. Yes, uh, Steve Martin and John Travolta, which would have been horrific.
0: Both of those, yeah, not a good choice there. Michael Keaton also turned down the role because he found the idea confusing when he read the script. Not so confusing, though, as to go do Multiplicity with Howard Ramis a couple of years later with Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, believe it or not, this was not filmed in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, but actually in Woodstock, Illinois.
1: Yeah, apparently Ramis and the crew felt that the actual Punxsutawney town did not look perfect enough. (laughs) So, they went to Woodstock and, yeah, they thought it looked awesome. So, they filmed that, and currently there still has a whole bunch of like plaques around the, the town saying like, you know, this is where Bill Murray stepped. and Yeah, Ned's Corner yeah. as well. Also, did you hear about the big dramas on set between Bill Murray and Harold Ramis?
0: Vaguely, but I think that you've got a good, uh, better trivia here for me. So, why don't you tell me?
1: Well, I would have assumed these guys were just the bestest of friends, considering their history with, as you say, Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, and now... Classic Harold Ramis film Yeah, you know, now you've got Bill Murray starring in this Harold Ramis film, but apparently Bill Murray was not easy to work with <laughs> shock
0: horror. Wasn't he going through a divorce at the time?
1: Yeah, so he was going through a divorce and was incredibly grumpy, and he would call Harold Ramis at all hours of the night, apparently, telling him how anxious he was about the film and how he wasn't you know, coping very well, and Ramis just had enough of it. So, he actually just handballed him onto the writer Danny Rubin to deal with him, which really pissed off Murray. (laughs) As it would. I also heard that Bill Murray was told by Ramus that he must hire a personal assistant. You know, he wasn't coping, couldn't get the basic day-to-day stuff done. Why don't you get someone in to help you? So, what Bill Murray went and did was hire a deaf lady who could only speak in sign language to come and help him. And, of course, none of the crew, including Bill Murray... New sign language and it was just an absolute debacle.
0: Obviously he did that on purpose. Well, obviously.
1: <laughs> but yeah, apparently Ramis and Murray didn't speak for years after. Yeah, this. I heard that. So uh, rough going
0: there. I did see that whenever Harold Ramis would try to explain one of the scenes coming up for Bill Murray, he would basically just say, Look, just tell me, is it the good fill or the bad fill? That's how he's gonna that's how he's gonna go with it. Which I did see that, and I don't I don't like that, that it's so black and white. I mean there are some scenes where you- it's like, yeah, it's it's, fi- it's 50-50, but I'm sure there's times where Harold Ramis goes, no, no, it's neither. You need to put your own little spin on it. Yeah,
1: which I'm sure Bill Murray did. Absolutely. Just interestingly, obviously, Groundhog Day is a American holiday, which apparently is also celebrated in Canada. Yeah. But distributors and studio had real concerns about how this film would be sold overseas to countries who have no idea what Groundhog Day is. Now, I know in Australia and in England as well, it was released as Groundhog Day, which is what we know it now, but there are some interesting uh, titles over in some foreign countries. Why don't you tell them what they are, mate? All right. The, the, the couple I saw was Brazil went with Spell of Time. Thankfully, uh, that <laughs> spell never came into it. The French title, A Day Without End. I don't mind that one. That's not bad. Sweden, Monday all week long. How do we know it's a Monday? Well, it's actually not. If you look it up, it was actually a Tuesday. Well, there you go. And Israel went with getting up yesterday
0: morning. Makes sense. That's a good one. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I like that one. Some of them are, yeah, quite on the nose.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help it.
0: (laughs) You talk about international viewership. This film didn't even register on the worldwide Gross. I don't believe it was released worldwide at the time. This oh, had a, really? This had a budget of just shy of fifteen million, and in America grossed seventy-one million dollars. So, oh, big nice. hit, but did not have a worldwide box office.
1: Really? Yeah. Is that unusual for a film from that year? Well, because yeah, it
0: is because I looked at the worldwide results for nineteen ninety-three, and there's at least like thirty films sitting in there. Groundhog Day is not even in there. Even it would it would qualify based off the seventy
1: million dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gee, that I mean, it must. I mean, it wouldn't be the title alone. Like, you got big stars here. You say big star? Is Andy McDowell a big star? Well, she'd done Four Weddings and a Funeral. Have you seen that?
0: Was that done at this point? I think that was done in 94, I believe.
1: Oh, was it? Yes. Interesting.
0: Yeah. But like we said, big success in America. So much so that Bill Murray, Harold Ramus, and even Stephen Tobolowski have been uh, honorary grand marshals for the Grand Hog Day celebrations in Ponsatourney, Pennsylvania.
1: I mean, what does that mean? Honorary? Like, did they actually ever come down and... Do anything with it? Yeah, they would have come in and
0: knocked on the bloody door and pulled the groundhog out. <laughs> Maybe Bill Murray wouldn't have, based off the experiences he had with the groundhog uh, during this
1: movie, which yeah, we'll get to a little we'll bit get later. get to that, yes.
0: This was chosen to be preserved in the National Film Registry in 2007. That's a high distinction there. There's also one of Roger Ebert's great movies. Can't argue with that. That's right. Now, throughout this film, we see that there's a lot of days that are happening. Obviously, it's the same day, but a lot of time passes over here. Howard Ramis stated that the original idea was for him to live for about 10,000 years. Yeah. But later on, he said he probably lived for about 10 years. Now, I saw multiple different sources, trivia, even a couple of YouTube videos that mentioned that everything that happens in this film equates to about 12 years, 6 months, and 11 days, roughly. Not roughly, it's quite accurate, actually. 11 days is pretty on the point there.
1: (laughs) It is on the point. I saw saw something that said closer to 33 years, which... Honestly, sounds more likely to me. For you, well, if you look at the the skills and what he actually learns, I feel like yeah, I feel like it could be closer to thirty years. From the video I saw, at least
0: every time they added a skill, they they a thousand days. It would take a thousand days of just learning that to hone in on the talents. Adding in all the extra little things here and there, they they reckon it was twelve. Hmm. So
1: we'll never know for sure.
0: No, we won't. But let's take a look at the history of this film in the IMDb top two fifty, shall we? This debuted on the very first IMDb Top 250. It was there That's, from the start on the 26th of April, 1996. It's never dropped out. It has. Very, very minimal amount. It did start off at the 132nd spot out of the list and then really started to drop and popped in and out of the top 250 between the end of 2000 and start of 2001. At that point, it surged back up to around 200 and since then it's really just wavered around going up to about 150 down to where it is now at 234.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Yeah, So, holding its own. It's been in there for quite some time long, now. Long long time. Yeah, and yeah, with a movie in that position, it currently has a rating of 8.0 over 542,000 ratings. So, Dean,
1: it's your pick, you got a plot summary? Yes, I do. Short and sweet. A weatherman finds himself inexplicably living the same day over and over again. Spot on. Spot on. That's all you need. <laughs> all right, mate, let's get into it. Start off with these
0: clouds, this goofy music. It's really, uh, really setting up that this is just going to be a... Fun
1: little lighthearted comedy here. Yeah, I remember fast forwarding these clouds a lot when I was younger. Really? Yeah. I think it was good. It shows Having watched it here though, <laughs> like it was it's actually really short.
0: It shows two things, doesn't it? Like the clouds are moving really fast. It's showing the time moving abnormally and also the weather changing. Considering he's a weatherman, a lot to go- this movie's got a lot to do with the weather. I think this short little image of clouds really sets it up. Yeah, it's fine. But we're introduced to Phil Connors. That's the last time I'll do the American accent.
1: I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) But no, we see Phil in front of the the blue screen. He's interacting, and he's making he's making the weather stuff fun. You know, he's he's physically blowing the cold fronts around and classic Bill Murray. This big blue thing. (laughs) He's good.
0: Hey, there he is. Bill Murray is, is spot on in this performance, from the goofy to the romantic side. Yes, but he sits down and he mentions how he's got to go to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. I love how you look. You see the anguish on his face when the, the news is like, "It's like three years, isn't it? You've been.
1: You must really enjoy it. This is your third year in a row, isn't it, Phil?" Four and Four. Just total deadpan humour from Bill Murray here. You can tell straight away he doesn't enjoy going there at all. Let me get this. I guess relief weather guy saying, Oh, you can stay longer. I'll, I'll do your, yeah, your, your evening uh, shift. I guess."
0: Yeah, as if we didn't know from his anguished face already that he basically tells it here, like, I'm not going to spend an extra minute in that place. Like, There's going to be a lot of these time jokes that go on throughout this film. Yeah, they will. Which they all pay off, of
1: course. Of course. So, now we see the new producer, Rita, as played by Andy McDowell, and she's playing around with the, the blue screen, wearing the blue jacket, so only her yeah. head and hands <laughs> are showing. Having a bit of fun. And you can really tell straight away that Phil is somewhat taken with her.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, you get the close-up of his face, just, uh... He
1: sort of pauses. He has a little smile. She gives a smile back, of course. Yeah. Interestingly, the first scenes of this movie were actually shot months after the rest of the film was in the can. Ramus realised audiences would want to know more about where Phil came from, and, interestingly, Danny Rubin's script... Originally just started smack bang in one of Phil's many repeated days. Really? And would have the audience like start off wondering how he knows so much.
0: Okay. Mm. Oh,
1: I think that's a terrible idea. Yeah. You lose that first, you lose the first day. Well, firstly, you lose the first day of how it would go normally for him. Then you lose that first day where he's like, what the hell is going on? Which I think is some great stuff there. And it would get
0: incredibly confusing if they were to actually backtrack to the original day, doing it the way he intended it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I imagine they wouldn't.
0: Oh, if they were, if they don't do that, then that's even
1: worse. Yeah, I think it would just. Oh. Yeah, it's it it. You don't get as much of the character growth. You I don't think get if the you-, you don't get the
0: setup. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the jokes will not pay off. Of yeah, I completely agree, mate. That they uh did it. They did it right. But we do get this uh. Somewhat cliche montage of people travelling across a long stretch of time with some, you know, fun, hip music and I'm long, your weatherman. long stretching shots of our scenery to show, yeah, we've, we've travelled a fair while here.
1: Oh yeah, and it's here we're introduced to Larry, as played by Chris Elliott in the van. Chris Elliott, is very
0: much a secondary actor, isn't he? He is. What else do you know him from? Something about Mary. Yeah, I also remember him from How I Met Your Mother. Okay, I don't, but... but oh, man. Is
1: that it? has something about Mary has to be. His, That's his, definitely his biggest, yeah, role. If not this, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's okay in this. I think the, the character he plays, he plays it fine.
0: Yeah, he's there. He does. He has a couple of jokes in there for a couple of laughs. But you know, this is really the Bill Murray show. So, what are you going to do about that?
1: Yeah, but we do get some uh, first interactions between Rita and Phil here. But he starts off openly mocking her for liking the Groundhog Festival. He says, "Yeah, well, people are morons."
0: <laughs> he's really setting up a. Uh, Hard task to come back from it the next day, isn't he?
1: Smooth moves here, Phil. (laughs) Smooth moves. Yeah, exactly. Like you think about where this film ends up and her initial sort of impression of Phil, she comes a long way in one day.
0: Absolutely. But you can see he's even trying to hit on her a little bit here as well. When they get out of the the van, they're talking about, I'll come out for dinner and that. He's talking about, yeah, I'm I'm the the talent here. I'm the the celebrity around here, you know. You can see that he's trying to work a couple little smooth moves on her here.
1: Uh, It's weird, though, because she invites him out to dinner and he's just like, nah, nah, I'm not doing that. I've seen Larry eat. (laughs) It's like, okay, that's fine, but clearly he is attracted to her. Why wouldn't he want to go out to dinner with her? I think
0: the disdain of this town and this job he's got is really taking over and he's probably considering maybe I'll... Put in a couple of little smooth moves here, and when we get back the next day, which he, you know he's only going to be there for twenty four hours, apparently to him, hmm. would we'll, we'll, maybe we'll go out tomorrow night or something. Let's just get this shit over and done with. I'll go home. I'll get you know have a nice shower, get to bed, get this
1: done, move on. Yeah, I think honestly, he just can't help himself. <laughs> he can't. No, he can't help but be that that well, arrogant guy. Well, he turns his, turns the cheek eventually, doesn't he? He does. But we get our first clock. We do. Sonny and Cher. What an iconic song. You hear this song and this is all you think about.
0: <laughs> it's great. And I love how they you listen to the entire radio segment. So you get familiarized with this. There's so much blizzard talk, blizzard, blizzard, blizzard. So when you hear Don't it again... Don't
1: forget your booty because it's cold out there. It's
0: great that you, you just focus on this radio station for this 30 seconds. You can just tell, especially when it comes up every other time, you're
1: going to get sick of it as well. Yeah. Oh, I love these DJs on the radio. They, <laughs> it's just Groundhog
0: so- Day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they're great. And I think I think Phil's reaction, he just—he doesn't really react the first time. He looks outside and he's like, yep, all right, there's people everywhere. Let's mm-hmm. do this thing. Get it over and done with. He walks into the hall and sees the, the hallway man. Yeah, that's basically who he is. I think he's credited as hallway man. He makes a little
0: uh, spring gag here that goes over the guy's head.
1: Yeah, like I mean, Phil's very
0: rude to him. He's rude to everyone. He does it here. in a deadpan way, like. The guy doesn't even realize he's making fun of him. He just
1: thinks he's cracking this weird joke. Yeah, and even seeing Mrs. Lancaster downstairs, he's a bit of a dick. Oh, he's a huge dick. Yeah. He's like, do suppose you have any cappuccino, espresso? I don't know how to spell espresso. <laughs> even when <laughs> it's, she's it's talking really mean,
0: which is talking about the weather, and he he brings it all up. He starts talking. He weather. Knows, man. He knows what he's doing. He's yeah, like, oh, whole- what?
1: You don't want to talk about the weather, yeah. or were you just making conversation?
0: She's like, eh. <laughs> Even the, uh, I love how this joke comes back in a little bit. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%.
1: But we get our first walk through the town here, which we will the see. The fake pat of the coins. Oh, I, I love it. He, he, yeah, that, that fading, checking his pockets for money. And we get Stephen Tobolowsky.
0: What else do you know him from?
1: Nothing. I know him from Memento. Oh, yeah, of course, Memento. Sammy Jenkins. Test Remember this, fucking Janus. quack. <laughs> Test this, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. God, i not saying memento then. Mm. Um, yeah, no, nah, he's- Ned Ryson, this is easily, easily
0: his biggest role. His most iconic role. I thought you were going to throw an excellent there. (laughs) (laughs) This is easily my... (laughs) To be fair, this is another movie where I watched it and I didn't have a favourite scene up until the end. So I'm like, okay, I need to go back and figure out what was my favourite scene. So we'll we'll get to that eventually. I
1: I agree completely with that. I watched it and I'm always watching for, you know, potential favourite scenes and I got to the end and I didn't have one. So Mm. I did have to go back and read through my notes and... Yeah, as you say, think about what actually was the best for me.
0: It'll be interesting to see if that's a, a comedy piece or a more dramatic piece. Yeah, but yeah, this interaction with Ned—the first one—he's so touchy. He's like punching him, and he's getting right up close and personal. Oh, this guy is annoying. I know. I don't blame him. I don't blame Phil for doing the stuff he does later on.
1: <laughs> no, needle nose Ned the head. Come on, stay Western High. He's so good. He's, he's so he good. I needed your sister until you told me not to. <laughs> Yeah, no shit.
0: <laughs> and even then, he's still like, Ned, he still has no idea. Oh, the, yeah. the pain look, he's like, can I just get out of here, please?
1: <laughs> and then he, he tries to leave quickly. We get the step in the puddle and we get that great line. Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. <laughs> I did see some trivia that the
0: store Lloyd's that they filmed at the front of this place Uh, Tried to sue the production because they didn't uh, make sales or they they lost- Loss uh, of business. Loss of business. I don't
1: understand that. Is that from when they filmed? Yeah. Because surely the celebrity or fame of this area now, wouldn't that draw in new business for them? I think they were just trying to get money. Like, people would be going to this spot to see it. There's a bloody plaque there. Surely if their business is right out front, they would be able to capitalise on that.
0: I think it's due to the fact that they probably had to close their store while they were filming these scenes. I
1: wonder what the filming schedule for this film was. Do you reckon it was, right, we're in this location, let's film everything in this location? Or do you think it was chronological? Because surely it would be more cost-effective to do it all at the same
0: time. I think they would have done it all in the same time. To have them all in the same costumes and that in the one go, yeah, yeah easily. There might have been a couple of times where they had to change a slight... Uh, A bit of weather and that, but I think most of the time, if the the same repeating shots, they would have done the same times.
1: I love Phil talking to Rita here, where she's just like, Oh, are you okay? And he's like, It was horrible. A giant leech got me. But even here, again, talking to Rita, he's such a prick. He's like, I just you sleep last night? You tossed and turned without me, didn't you?" Yeah,
0: so like, like he's what? Yeah, you can see that he obviously changes his ways as it goes along. But just here, yeah, he's he's a super dick right now. No, he really is. He does the news, and the groundhog comes out. I don't understand. What the, the groundhog sees a shadow. What? Do you, what does that mean? How do, they, how do they? How do they? How do they know that the beaver saw a shadow? What shadow are a they looking? Beaver, at?
1: Beaver. It's a groundhog.
0: Yeah, the groundhog. You know what I mean. The Groundhog. How, does it, how do they know it sees a shadow? What shadow is it looking at? I have no idea. What shadow is it not looking at? I
1: have no idea. Because is, this is
0: somewhat of a real thing, is it not? Yeah. I don't understand.
1: Yeah. Six more weeks of winter. Boo. And everyone boos, which...
0: Like, what do they expect? I love how they have all the signs. Do you notice the guy on the right? Put Upside the, down? Yeah. He's like, oh, shit, turns it around. Checking out was real? Yeah,
1: who cares? Yeah. It worked either way.
0: Yeah. I love, did you notice how when... Phil does the extra part of the report here and he brings the countdown in. He counts down from three, two, one. It yeah, sticks his finger up as the yeah. number one. Yeah, that was good. But the blizzard keeps him in. This was great. When this, when he this, comes really w-
1: th- this scene is great where he's trying to tell this you know, trooper that it's not a blizzard. It's going to push out east to yeah. Altoona. <laughs> he's
0: trying to repeat like, exactly what he said to Doris.
1: Buddy, you got that moisture on your head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Even when the cop says you. Yeah, you either go back to attorney or you freeze to death. I love his response. I'm thinking.
1: But we cut to him trying to make a long distance call. Yeah. And all the phones are down. Pretty convenient, I must yeah. say. Well, Not able to get any access to the outside world.
0: There's a small little gag here. He gets hit with the snow shovel.
1: Yeah, I actually read that there's some theories that he actually died here. Really? Yeah.
0: No. He died here
1: and then the rest is like That's the afterlife. Ridiculous. I mean, it is, but someone has said that, so.
0: As ridiculous as a film about a guy reliving the same day over and over is.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I like the line from him, though. It's like, don't you have some sort of special line for celebrities or emergencies? <laughs> I'm both. I'm a celebrity in an emergency.
0: <laughs> Love how he thinks because he's a weatherman. He's a big time celebrity.
1: Well, he does get recognised on the streets of Punxsutawney. Although I guess he would be a celebrity somewhat in Punxsutawney if he's gone there. He's gone there every year. Although... Small town. Tiny little segment for that channel. I imagine that channel... Would that channel air there? I mean, it must because people recognise him. Absolutely, yeah. So next up is his nighttime shenanigans at the Pennsylvanian Hotel. And I like that before anyone comes up, he has a sip of his drink and goes, Oh, I like it here. <laughs> which flies in the face of everything else he's said. Yeah. It's sort of like he's by himself. He's having a moment to himself. He's like... You know what? This is okay. Works well for the final line of the movie as well. Yeah. yeah. He has some good lines here as well. Like Rita is like, oh, you want to come for the Groundhog dinner? No, thanks. I had Groundhog for lunch. <laughs> That's
0: funny. <laughs> but he has a cold shower. Like obviously he doesn't know
1: it's a cold hold on, shower. Hold on, what, what? Before we get to that. He's like, nah, I think I'll go back to my room, have a hot shower, read a little Hustler.
0: Oh, I didn't hear that.
1: <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> read a little, little Hustler. Good on him.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the cold shower. Now- I love it. When he comes out and he's uh, he, he, says, he says this is the to Doris like Yo, mama <laughs> What you know, is there no hot showers? And she she's just like, Oh no, like it's like There couldn't not... be any today. I <laughs> of just, course not. <laughs> it just it just occurred to me then that does he ever have a hot shower in this entire span of the movie? He wouldn't, would he? Is this twelve to thirty years of no hot showers? No I mean, hot water?
1: Maybe he's learnt to have a hot shower when he wakes up. But the way she says Actually, it, it's no, like, oh no, no way. Yeah. I mean, what, is the, what What about the people in this town? Yeah, maybe
0: maybe they're just used to not having... Maybe they boil the kettle or something and and have, you know, warm baths or something like that it's because it's so cold. And well,
1: he gets in the bath one morning to electrocute himself. I imagine he doesn't react like it's cold.
0: Yeah, fair point. Maybe
1: it's just freezing cold because of the blizzard that's come through. Yeah, it must be. So he should be able to shower in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Sure. But we get our first reset.
0: I love how he mentions, like, he talks to the radio. It's like, oh, you're playing yesterday's tape, guys. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs>
1: That's going, boys.
0: But, you know, he realises that the blizzard isn't there anymore. It's back to regular weather. Has a little mini freak out. Even when he goes downstairs. What do you think of this line? Do you ever have deja vu,
1: Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. I mean, I think it's in character for her.
0: Uh, I think it's, a, it's probably the, the one of the, the cough, cough jokes, I guess. For me. Oh, you didn't like it? No, I was like, ah, oh, okay.
1: I don't think there was any cough, cough jokes in this. I think this might have been the one.
0: What did you have against this line? I don't know. It just, it just didn't follow me. I was it like, oh. plays
1: with in in with what we've, yeah. we know of her. She doesn't know what a cappuccino or espresso is. Makes sense. She wouldn't know what déjà vu is. Nah, whatever. The next one's better.
0: Will you be checking out today, Mister Connors? I'd say the chance of departure
1: is eighty percent. 75
0: Seventy-five, eighty.
1: I love how he though he, he walks past the homeless man, taps his pockets, and then remembers he's already yes. done that exact. He's <laughs> he that thing. little freak
0: oh. <laughs> He's
1: like, hang on a minute. All right, he sees Ned Ryerson again. Do you want to talk about this again?
0: Hey, he's just a little bit freaked out again. Tries to get away, steps in the puddle once again. Yep, it's a doozy. But I love that. I love that question he asks Rita. But like, just just give me a big old slap, and she happily obliges with a massive crack across
1: the face. She loves slapping people. <laughs>
0: yes, she slaps Phil a lot in this movie. She
1: really does.
0: But you can see how the news report he's doing now is uh, a little bit different to the first one. He's kind of in a bit of a disbelief here.
1: He's more sarcastic. Yeah. If that was even possible. So again,
0: another cold shower. He must have forgot from oh, the first obviously time. Forgotten. <laughs> I think it's smart what he does here, though. Snaps a pencil to see if it actually does yeah, happen. The scene was actually supposed to be about Phil going around his room slashing pillows, spray painting the walls. He was also going to shave his head. It
1: was actually filmed.
0: Yeah, but they couldn't get the right fade. We're going to get it so his bald head would fade into his- Head to head, of hair, head, of head hair, yeah, hair, yeah, yeah. But Harold Ramis couldn't get it just right, so they just went with the snap the pencil. But you know, he wakes up, pen's normal, freaks yep. out even
1: more, and he rushes downstairs. He ignores everyone, flies out the door, and everyone is still in the same place as they would be, even though he has probably yes. gained ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> yes, is that a, is that a negative for you? Well, that's just <laughs> it was the first time I was like, hang on. Yeah, shouldn't, would, shouldn't they be in different spots? He should be ahead of everyone. Yeah. Now. But no, I mean, it's not, it doesn't bring the film down for me at all. It's just something I noticed. But he starts opening up to Rita now at the old tip-top cafe. He says, I need help.
0: This is the first time we get the dropping of the tray in the back as well.
1: Yeah. That's a good one. That's a, another
0: nice little thing they add into this. A lot of awesome little bits and pieces throughout the film that just get repeated over and over. So you just become familiarised with this town that Phil does. Yeah. But yeah, he does tell Rita the uh, the crazy realization that he's reliving the same day, and of course, no one's going to
1: believe him. I think you should get your head examined if you expect me to believe a crazy story like that. <laughs> then, smash cut to all the like, what are they? X-rays,
0: neurologist, old Harold Ramis. Harold Ramus, yep. yeah, got to jump in his own movie here. Pretty good here. He tells him he's got to go see a, a psychiatrist. Yeah, and it cuts to this, like, this psychiatrist. This guy is
1: shocking. <laughs> it's so good. Surely you want a psychiatrist who is like has confidence and you have faith in? This guy is nervous. He like, I,
0: I just deal with like you know uh, d- marriages and and small things. M- maybe I,
1: I have an alcoholic
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> How good is it when he's like, "Can, can we do another I think, meeting?" I think we has, should meet again. How's tomorrow? <laughs> He just starts
1: hitting the pillow on his face. That's awesome. But we get to the bowling alley. Yes, he's uh, befriended these two morons from the cafe that we saw earlier. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, I was in the, God, whatever <laughs> islands it was. Yeah, he's
0: talking about an awesome one day. We had ate lobster,
1: we made love. Why couldn't I have that day over <laughs> and over?
0: And it's only with Bill Murray's like perfect timing of the joke. That it it worked good so day. good. <laughs> that was a good day.
1: But no, he's definitely he's definitely on the brink here. He's he's pretty depressed at this point, and I don't know, these two drunks driving the car.
0: Nah, I love the line he says earlier. What would you do if you were stuck in one place? And every day was exactly the same, and nothing that you did
1: mattered. No, that sums it up for me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that is a good line.
0: But yeah, driving the car with the drunk bums. They give him the epiphany here that you can do anything you want.
1: Yeah. What if there was no tomorrow? There'd be no hangovers, (laughs) no consequences. We could do whatever we wanted. You're right. We can. And again, like you talk about Bill Murray, his delivery here is fantastic. We could do whatever we wanted. You can see in his
0: face, like the realisation as he's doing it, he's running through all the things he could do. Take
1: it like a man. Be nice to your sister. Don't mix beer and wine ever. Oh, yeah don't drive on the railway tracks and i love their response here uh, <laughs> that that's what i happen to agree with <laughs> it's so funny honestly all this stuff it is it's really good even the train coming and feels like i bet he's gonna swerve <laughs> i never i never really picked up on that like he's on track it's impossible <laughs>
0: But eventually he does crash the car. I do love how when the cops rock up to the side mirror, gives him a good quote. Yeah, uh, three cheeseburgers, two large fries, uh, two chocolate shakes, one large Coke. And some flapjacks. Too early for flapjacks? Yeah, man, these guys love their flapjacks. (laughs)
1: Is that just pancakes?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: I don't think there's a difference.
0: Okay. But he ends up in prison. Yeah,
1: and this is the first time where we actually see Phil happy that he's woken up on the same day.
0: Like, yeah. this guy's ecstatic. Also, the first time that he he isn't he hasn't gone to bed the night before and woken up in the same bed. So this is where you know that, yeah, this is this is big. He's going from prison to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah, even when he comes downstairs. Even his description of the cop. Uh, Mrs. Lancaster, was anybody looking for me here this morning? Uh, perhaps a state official, maybe a blue hat, gun, nightstick? He just makes out with her.
1: <laughs> he <laughs> he makes out? He gives her a nice pash. She didn't pull away. I mean, what sort of action is uh, Mrs. Lancaster getting these days? I don't want to go there. That'd be a first. <laughs> 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 That's a very may laugh of you there,
0: though. No? Oh, but this is a great, the
1: great Ned interaction. Ned?
0: <laughs> Smack. He does the full 180 spin as well.
1: Yeah. And even just like... Instead of walking in the puddle, instead of just hopping over it, he waits to watch (laughs) someone else step in it and and get a chuckle about it. He's so
0: happy with himself (laughs) of everything that's happened so far in this day.
1: Uh, But he can eat anything he wants now, so he goes to the cafe and just orders every sweet it looks like they have. Interestingly, like Bill Murray was offered a spit bucket here so he didn't have to actually eat all this stuff, and he's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll eat do everything. It. He actually got sick afterwards.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, specifically from the, the big piece of cake he shoved in, all into his mouth. That was the, the big reason why he got sick there. But Rita starts to give her thoughts on Phil, calls him egotistical. You know, he's, she's not really too impressed with the man in front of him right now.
1: I know you're egocentric. It's your defining characteristic. <laughs> like, fuck you, Rita. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, what do you think about Rita? Uh, at this point? Yeah. She's Okay.
0: Yeah, I think she's strong willed. She I guess she she's not gonna fall victim to Phil, much like Nancy does later.
1: Yeah. And it's good seeing that contrast when it's, we get to it.
0: It is yeah, it is good to have the Nancy stuff happen first so yeah. that you can see that Rita isn't
1: gonna take this shit. Yeah, and it's here where he sees Nancy leaving out. This is and so- she I mean <laughs> This, surely this doesn't happen now where someone just answers all these questions.
0: Well, this Nancy character isn't She's the brightest innocent. of the bunch. Yeah. Especially when they're making out by the fire, he says Rita's name and he gives her the marry me. Oh, will you marry me? She's like, oh my God.
1: Yeah. I love her reaction. Like, what is this? Some kind of one night stare? Uh Yeah. You met him that morning. Yeah. <laughs> what do you expect here? And then
0: she, he says her, Rita's name again. And, he's like, and she's like, it's Nancy. He's like, whatever.
1: Whatever. He <laughs> asks her to marry him. And, and she's all he's over. like, oh, oh, my God. who is he doing? Like she's a decent looking girl. She's acting like no one's ever given her attention ever.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, not the brightest of the bunch.
1: No. And we get Phil
0: robbing the bank truck. This was funny. How He just planned everything and he knows exactly what's going to happen. Counts it down to the second where he can just grab the bag as he casually walks yeah. away. It's a good scene.
1: Was well, there two bags or one there? I don't know. Yeah, I think these guys need to retire. <laughs> I mean, it's a small town; like they're not used to anything. Like, I mean, in fairness, if it wasn't for this ridiculous, yeah, true. day after day after day after, they'd be fine. But yeah. But to be
0: fair, they did both take their eyes off all the money, helping to pick up a couple of coins off the ground.
1: Hmm. But now we get we see what Phil would do with all this money.
0: Gets an awesome car. It basically, becomes uh, Clint Eastwood.
1: Yeah, he gets his cowboy music. Gets his, I love I gets love his, his blondie
0: get up. The music going. Cigar. I've seen this film over a hundred times. I think that's a that is also a reference to uh, how many days he's already done it as well.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Who's the Who's the girl he's with? Uh, I don't think we see her again, do we? Just a random person. I think
0: so. I love how Nancy walks past
1: <laughs> my own fiance.
0: Doesn't remember me. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> Call me Bronco. <laughs> Even when he goes to the 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 teller, one adult and. Uh, uh, two adults. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's good because it, yeah, I think here we can see our first decent time jump now. Oh yeah, yeah, this is a big
0: one. But another next day here, he's having a discussion with Rita. This is where he starts to give her the probing questions. He realizes this stuff worked with Nancy. It's obviously worked with this other girl we've seen. Yeah, let's let's start to get into Rita.
1: Yeah, and like like this movie goes for an hour and forty. We've got an hour left of the film now, and this is where he starts to really show and act on his interest for Rita.
0: Yeah, so which is good because they have the first forty minutes setting up the characters, the the town, the you know the big turning point of the film, all the stuff that he would do prior. Now let's get into the Rita stuff. It works well.
1: It does, but she doesn't want to open up to him. She
0: he asked if she's got a boyfriend, and she asked if that's too personal of a question. Is it? I I don't think so. No, is she a little um uptight here.
1: I mean, she is at this stage,
0: but it's the same day over and over.
1: Well, he's certainly going to find ways of getting her on his side pretty soon. Pretty soon, in, not in his timeline. <laughs> I lo- I do like that she does. She goes from not saying whether she has a boyfriend or not to describing her ideal man. Yeah, and I love him. Just I love it as first of all, he's too humble to know he's perfect. That's me. Like <laughs> that's an impossible thing to say. Like you can't know you're too humble. To be perfect, or yeah, <laughs> that's great.
0: I love how he wrecks the van at the front, so they have to stay there.
1: Yeah, and I, I really love this bar scene, where this whole
0: quick cutting of him learning all these things about her. This is my
1: excellent. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. I think this is this is definitely a scene that is really funny. Even just the start with the you know the sweet
0: vermouth rocks with the twist. Like, just snap cut. Next day, and just the look he gives up. He hates that drink. Yeah, he takes the drink. He's like, oh, God. (laughs) And to think he has to drink this over and over again so many times. You know, the cheers to world peace. Man, it is so funny when he does the cheers and then under his breath he goes, amen.
1: Yeah. She looks over and goes, amen.
0: (laughs) So, so ridiculous. But I think the best one here is when... She talks about nineteenth-century French poetry.
1: Oh, in the restaurant,
0: yeah. And he gives the whole, "Why would you want to do that?" And you realize immediately when he's like,
1: What's up <laughs> for you? What an incredible waste of time. I mean, for anyone else, that would be an incredible waste of time. What a uh, a bold a bold person you must be to you know uh,
0: how brave of you. Snap cut to the next day when she says it, and he just gives it, he just recites this phrase. He's so it's so serious. Yeah, and he just dishes it out. It's hilarious. I was laughing my ass off in yeah. this. Bill Murray. He's just so. Perfect in this scene in particular. Yeah. It 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 was fantastic. I love this. Just this back and forth of knowing everything she loves and just continuously adding on to that. It was fantastic. Yeah.
1: And again, you could argue that she says, oh, you speak French. Oui. Oui. <laughs> like, oui. did he actually learn French or is he just reciting these words? You don't know. Like, he may have learnt French. Do you know
0: what I mean? He could have, but he could have easily just yeah, learnt this one, yeah, one little poem section out of the book that she loves.
1: Yeah. And we get this really... Really beautiful scene, I think, next up, where they're building the snowman. They get in the fight with the kids. And
0: Could you imagine what the first initial reaction to uh, Phil was when the kids pelting him with the snowballs? <laughs> what <you> little shits? <laughs> Go and take, take him down. Howard Ramos did tell the kids to throw the snowballs as hard as they could at Bill Murray, to which Bill Murray threw them back as hard as he could as well.
1: Mm. I love the song that's playing here. You think, me, you think you know me well, but you don't know me. Yeah, it is a romantic scene here.
0: But you can see that this is this for Bill. This is just the one night stand. Sorry for Phil. For Phil. For Bill. For Phil. They're interchangeable. (laughs) You can see that he's really just trying to get a one night stand in here.
1: Well, yes and no. Like she says, it's a perfect day. You couldn't plan a day like this. (laughs) Well, you could. Just takes an awful lot of work. (laughs) They go back to the room. It's really awkward in the room. Yeah, it gets. She doesn't initially want to go up there. He convinces her to go up. And he's, like, trying to stop her as she's walking around and she's just dodging him. He's trying every little thing in the
0: book, especially when he gets to the I love you
1: because, you know, I worked on Nancy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And she she doesn't fall
0: for that at all. She's like, what? What are you talking about? And she just realised, I can't believe I fell for all this shit.
1: And now we get the montage of Phil getting slapped over and over (laughs) and over. Over and over. Yeah, he's he's just being too forceful with her. He can't win her just by spoiling her and having a wonderful day. And he walks past the ice sculptures here and... Obviously that little nugget of an idea is planted for him. You can see how kind of
0: insane he's going a little bit here when he goes back to the snowman and he's like, oh, I just want to have so many kids, I love kids, I want to adopt kids, I want to all the kids are so And he's like he's trying to get into the same position he was before. Yeah. He's like having this weird laugh and she's just looking at him like, What are you doing? Yeah. I love the slow-mo shot of the clock. Yeah. Just coming down like it's just this big burden over him now, this boom every time he wakes up.
1: And even even the way here where you don't hear the radio, he's just laying in bed yeah. and he says, Okay, campers, rise and shine. And don't forget your booties because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. Which prior has been said in such a joyful, you know, humorous way. And now, like, it's just so dark and depressing for him.
0: He said this like at least, what, 200, 300 times by now? Well, oh, easily. But let's get to some Jeopardy. Dean, you ever seen Jeopardy? I have. Have you really? Yeah, I've seen a couple of Jeopardy episodes. I was actually following along a little bit with that James Holtzer guy who just did like his 32 win streak and made like $2 million. Was, oh, I'm surprised. He's going to be nearly broke Ken Jennings' record for most amount of money one.
1: I don't know who either of those people are. Okay.
0: Do you want me to tell you? No. Good. But I'm impressed that you do. Thank you. I love how with these answers, as every answer comes along, he just doesn't even look
1: at the TV anymore. Yeah.
0: He just says it as soon as it comes up, and they're all so impressed. I mean, as you would be.
1: Yeah. Not a bad thing. It's pretty good. But now he's really over it. He's given his weather report. This is pitiful. <laughs> a thousand people freezing out to worship a rat. <laughs> Do you think at this point you just wouldn't even bother doing it? Just go and do other stuff. Yeah, what, uh, yeah you're right. Why would you bother? If you're going to do it like that, you don't care about anything. But, man, it's so funny. It's going to be cold, it's going to be grey, and it's going to last you for the rest of your life.
0: <laughs> but he uh, gets to smashing some radios.
1: Yes. Apparently, he actually didn't hit the radios hard enough for the shot of when it was on the ground in pieces, so production had to come along with a hammer to smash it up, and yes, it was still playing that bloody song. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: he comes up with the idea to steal the groundhog. Maybe this might work. Yep. (sighs) Goes for a joyride with it. Apparently, in the shots where you got Bill Murray driving the car with the groundhog in front of him, just after they finished filming that, the groundhog bit him twice on the hand. He had to get some rabies injections because they were so severe.
1: Yeah, bit him through his glove, I saw. Mm. And it's funny because when the, the groundhog starts really wriggling, uh, Bill Murray ad-libs, don't drive angry, don't drive angry because the groundhog's yeah. obviously not meant to be moving around like that. But, <laughs> yeah, it's a wild animal. What do you expect? But this is the first death of
0: Phil Connors driving off the edge. You get this classic <laughs> gag now. Oh, He might still be alive. <laughs> Boom! <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was pretty funny.
0: And now we get the montages of Phil killing
1: himself. Yeah, quite a grim little section. Pretty, pretty dark. Um, electrocutes himself with the toaster. Walks in front of the truck. Jumps off the building. And then you get Rita identifying him at the hospital with Larry. And I kind of liked Larry saying like he was a really great guy. I really liked him a lot. I thought that was a nice little touch. Like you just you don't hear much from Larry. And I know that's sort of what you probably would say regardless of how you felt but I thought it was good for Larry to say that
0: but as you would when you've uh, killed yourself multiple multiple times and you're still there you declare yourself a god not the god just
1: a god yes absolutely and this is my excellent Fair enough. Yeah, when he's walking around the cafe with Rita and he's just telling her who everyone is going from person to person, you really do get a sense of how long he's been here, how much he's been a part of all these people's lives now.
0: Nancy makes chipmunk noises when she's (laughs) excited. (laughs) Hey!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, he's predicting the dishes being dropped. And then when Rita says, like, what about me? Do you know me, Phil? Mm. And then when he he really gets really touching and- Starts saying really personal and deep information about her. You know, I really like the line, when you stand in the snow, you look like an angel. Like, he's so sad here. This isn't him being egocentric or an arsehole. This is a defeated Phil Yeah, Connors. he's not doing it as a pickup. No, he's no. not. He's just, I think it's here where I genuinely felt like he is in love with Rita. And this is a lost man. Well, he sees he's seen her every day
0: for the past Six years, yeah, exactly. whatever, yeah. exactly.
1: And he really like even just saying, "I really want you to stay." Larry's going to walk in in a minute. Yeah, and he passes a note with word for word what Larry's going to say. And she ends up spending the day with him. I just, I really like this scene. I thought it was a good balance between the comedic talents of Bill Murray and also the really tender side of him.
0: Yeah, no, good pick. But yeah, like you said, they hang out for the day just. Throwing cards. Town. Yep. Oh, this is great how he mentions. <laughs> it would take me a year to get good at this. No, six months, four to five hours a day, and you'd be an expert. And, yeah, the tender moment that you mentioned before just continues here where Rita thinks it's midnight that it's going to happen, but, you know, gives a little sign No, oh, it's six o'clock. Oh, why did you think it was midnight? A little, yeah. little fun game there. And, he, you know, they,
1: he, she falls asleep to him reading the poetry, which was, was really nice. It was really nice. And I did like Phil acknowledging that. Yeah, the worst part is that tomorrow you would have forgotten all of this, and you'll treat me like a jerk again. Mm. And he's he's not having a god. He's like, I am a jerk. Yep. But it just sucks that like you do so much work to get her to this point where she's comfortable laying in bed with him and thinks really highly of him, and he's gonna have to do all that work again if he wants to experience that again. Yeah. But no, she does fall asleep in his arms, and he he just wants to lay next to her and watch her face. And what he says here, I think he's the kindest.
0: Sweetest, prettiest person I've ever met in my life. I've never seen anyone
1: that's nicer to people than you are. He gives her such a gentle kiss on the cheek. He's, he's just genuinely tender here. And I like that he talks about the first time he ever saw her and he says something happened to me and I knew that I wanted to hold you. Which I just felt it was really touching. I love that he says it. When he first saw it, he didn't need all these days to to get these feelings. The feelings were there from the jump. Yeah. He just was he just his default was to be such an arsehole, so arrogant, such a jerk about it, mm. that it took this long for him to actually be able to, you know, acknowledge them and act kindly from them. So the sweet side, I think, was always there. It was just under the surface and it took – he needed a bit of help to get there.
0: Was the first time he saw her – what, we saw them yeah. together? Like with yeah, because the,
1: yeah. the, the weather – the other weather guy says, oh, that's Rita, you're really yeah. going to like yeah. it."
0: so you can see – Yeah, is, yeah that we see first, that moment yeah.
1: that he's talking about. So yeah. I like I like that it does show the growth already that he is experiencing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But going through all this on this one day, he wakes up with this epiphany. He, like, he's going to – He's become a completely different person here. Like, he he gives the bum all his money. He rocks up to the the festival with the coffee and the muffins. He wants to get to know Larry. Like, tell me about yourself,
1: Larry. I really like – yeah. Do you have kids? Like – this is a guy who we've already seen walk around a cafe in a town he doesn't live and know everything about everyone. Does he really not know the answers to these questions? To Larry? Probably not. Is, is Larry, like, legitimately the last person in the town <laughs> that he wants to get to well, know? That, Larry's,
0: throughout throughout this uh, film, whenever Larry shows up, he's always sort of the butt of the joke, like yeah. coming up, especially with Nancy and the auction and that. So yeah, I could see this as sort of a little throwaway. I, to that.
1: I kind of felt I kind of felt like he could have been asking just to try and connect with him, despite already having known the answers to these questions. That's true. But he hears a piano playing. <laughs> I did like this.
0: Offers a thousand dollars for the piano lesson. Yep. Kicks the kid out. <laughs> such a sad look on the kid's face as well.
1: Yeah, we see more of Phil being kind to people. We see him be very affectionate to the portly fellow in the hallway. Gives him big kiss. And but it's good. Speaks some Italian. Yeah, bonjour. Yeah, he sends him off on a high. Like from that interaction, this guy is going to walk away in a good, you know, in a happy place, and that's yeah. nice. But yeah, you see,
0: he's doing the piano. He's doing some ice sculpturing now. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah, this is this would be the stuff that I would do if I was stuck in a day over and over. I would be learning all these talents. Like I would go and learn piano. I would go and learn how to play guitar or learn a different language. You got the unlimited time in the world. Mm. Do this stuff.
1: Yeah, but did you know the music that he learns
0: to play? It's some sort of uh, Beethoven, or no, it's not. Tchaikovsky, nope, or uh, Bach, nope, or I'm impressed though. Well, I said three so far, <laughs> yeah.
1: or it's not Mozart either. I'm <laughs> a <Amadeus. laughs> No, who is it? It's Rachmaninoff.
0: That was my next guess.
1: It's variations on a theme of Paganini.
0: That was my next guess after that.
1: Do you, have you heard this music anywhere else? I'll give you a hint You have Okay well why you tell me then This is the music That is played Through the entire movie Of Somewhere in Time
0: that, Like I'm ever gonna guess that
1: That Christopher Reeves Like hums to James Seymour On the boat And she's like Oh that's beautiful music And this This seriously This piece of music Is phenomenal
0: I'm pretty sure I could count on one hand Who would know that It'd be you And Shane
1: <laughs> I'm sure There's someone else out there That would know that Maybe the guy who made it <laughs> But we get uh, another Ned Ryerson scene here. Oh, this is amazing! I have missed you so much. There's <laughs> like and so oh dear, <laughs> I-, I gotta go.
0: <laughs> so listen, wherever you're going, can you call in sick? That was a, that was an absolute line by Bill Murray just it's when so Toblaski ran off. But this is where he walks past the bum again, who's uh having some sort of heart attack. Helps him out to the hospital, and we find out that he does pass away. And this this really you know hurts, hits Phil. That he let this happen, that he could have prevented this.
1: Yeah, and the the doctor or nurse says, sometimes people just die. Did you notice as well in the hospital in the background, the kid with the broken leg? I did. Yeah. This is the same boy that Phil will be catching from the tree later in the film. That's right. Good little touch, that. It is, yeah. But now we cut to Phil trying to save this guy. Yep,
0: yeah, gets in early, gives him all the food he can, helps him out, but no, it doesn't matter. No,
1: he still ends up giving him mouth to mouth on the street. Yep. Yeah. Surely you would be somewhere that's not the street at this point. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit weird. Like, why is he in the alley? <laughs> yeah. But no, he can't save him and he still dies regardless. Yeah. Now we cut to Phil giving a truly epic and inspirational speech about winter being the next step in the cycle of life. And it really, like, you think about that first time where the crowd is booing this reaction yeah. to what Phil has been able to get this town to embrace now where, yeah, this is the cycle of life. And the townspeople all just clap and... They love I'll, it. I love Larry. How was that for you too? Hey, man. You touched me. Thanks, Larry. But it's here where uh, Rita's asking him, oh, come on, let's do this. And he's like, yeah, I will. I've just got to do some errands. Yeah. And you see him, like, sprinting down the street <laughs> to catch this kid. What do you say? You brat? You have never thanked me. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Maybe. It's really good. <laughs> Even the tire, he's just going ape
0: shit on the jack here. Just yeah. never mind me, ladies, just helping you out. <laughs> I just had the jack and the tire spare. <laughs> and and like how when he.
1: And this is his last day, obviously. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: Even when you see him earlier on when he steals the money, it's so pristine and perfect. He times it right. Just coming in here and giving the guy the Heimlich, it's like, yeah, maybe you should chew your food. The
1: guy. Do you know who that guy is? Is that his brother? It is. Yeah. It is Brian Doyle Murray, his older brother.
0: Yeah, hey, it's a nice little bit of trivia there.
1: What do you know him from? Groundhog Day. What else? That's it. He's the bubble boy's dad. Is he? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It is good.
0: But I love how he gives him the Heimlich and straight away does a 180 with the lighter ready to go to, to get the cigarette going. He just times it all perfect. It's great. But this is where we get to the Pennsylvania Hotel once again. We've got Larry trying to chat up Nancy here. Failing.
1: Oh, he gets his super creepy line of, uh, do you want to see the inside of my van? <laughs> oh, God. God, no. Come on, Larry.
0: <laughs> I love how they get up to leave. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave a tip and put some money down. And she's not looking, grabs it back. Yeah.
1: But Phil is pianoing up a storm here. He is. And I thought it was a bit fucking rich from this piano teacher to say, that's my student. <laughs> Maybe he had a lesson that day. Maybe. Well, he did. He would have had to. He, okay, he would. If one lesson with her. Yeah. This well, guy who's walked in a trained pianist at this point. He, she doesn't she know that. Blame, she,
0: he probably he probably doesn't even say that. He's like, yeah, I just need a lesson and b- blast, and she's like, That's perfect.
1: Yeah, but it's not like she's taught him this.
0: <laughs> Take it. She's taking a lot of credit here. Absolutely. <laughs> even the dance with Rita when she's asking him, "What did you do today?" He just gives the old. oh, same, all same. But the new married couple come up. And I watched it and I'm like, is that Michael Shannon? Did you really? Yeah, I absolutely did. I'm looking at like And then their voice, I'm like, that is Michael Shannon.
1: I did not, I did not realize that was Michael Shannon until I uh yeah looked it up. But that is that I mean it's his film debut. Yeah. This sweet young man is gonna turn into someone so aggressive like <laughs> Michael Shannon. Interestingly though, the the woman he's with, um, who's Debbie in the film, is played by Hyndon Walsh, who was the second person. Ever to voice Harley Quinn as she's here marrying Fred, A.K.A. Michael Shannon, A.K.A. Zod, DC unite.
0: I think I could have gone my entire life without listening or caring for that trivia, but
1: thank you. She also voices Starfire in Teen Titans Go and a prominent character in Adventure Time. So she went on to have a pretty decent career. And yet you didn't even know it was Michael Shannon when you watched it. <laughs> no, I mean, it doesn't look like him. It I does. I don't think it did. Bravo for getting that if you actually did. I
0: fucking did. Which I, I don't believe you. I but did, mate. Fine. I did find it funny how they, they congratulate each other and he goes to give Rita the kiss and the, the new wife looks at him like, what the fuck, <laughs> drags him away.
1: Yeah, it's all right for for her to <laughs> yes. kiss him. But if he kisses um, Rita, then it's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. That's going to be a good marriage. But the bachelor auction here. Oh, this is so embarrassing. I mean, Phil, it's great for Phil, you know.
0: Nancy just bidding hardcore for him while Larry standing there. Like, uh, if I, I would not have got up if I was Larry,
1: no, of course not. But he doesn't realize. He has no self awareness until now. He goes up. And, Can I get a buck? A buck and a half. <laughs>
0: Twenty-five cents. <and> two bits. <laughs> and um. the, and the look he he looks there, He's like,
1: ah, oh, shit. <laughs> But we get a really sweet moment here with the ice uh, sculpture of Rita. You
0: missed the last thing of Ned. Bump into him as they're walking out, gets all the life insurance, all the insurance they need. Even Rita can't stand you. Like, much- where are we all going? It's like, Oh, you're staying
1: here. Which money did Phil have to spend here to actually have this day? Like, he, You'd think he would have had to put down the $1,000 for the piano lesson. Maybe he got to the point where he bought all down the 50- life insurance. I oh, bought another tire for the old ladies. Maybe he stole the money still. Oh, I don't think so. No, he didn't. But, yeah, the eye sculpture and Phil says, I know your face so well, I could have done it with my eyes closed.
0: It's very interesting that he says that he loves her here and this time she doesn't reject it.
1: Well, I think this time he means it and I think this time she is picking up that he is not saying it to try and get in her pants. Yeah. He's not saying, I love you, let's have sex. He's saying, I just want you to know that I am happy in this moment and I love you. It's really sweet.
0: And it starts to snow and obviously it hadn't happened before. Like He gives that look like, oh, this is new because it's changed. Mm. But it's the new day and you get the song again. Uh, <laughs> what, a, so- what a great bait and switch, honestly. And don't the radio people say like, oh, what are you playing this one again for? We did it yesterday or something. Yeah. And she pops into the screen and the look on his face is like. It's
1: crazy. He's just bug-eyed. Is different. Yeah. Good or bad? Different is good. <laughs> why, why are you still here? You said stay, so I stayed. <laughs> stay. <laughs> I can't even make a Carly stay. <laughs>
0: and even that little line. It was the end of a very long day. And even as they leave the b here, he's become so fond of this place. Let's live here. Which I don't blame him. Everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. He is so well-revered in that town now. Why not?
1: Mm, I guess. But Phil carries reader over the front gate, did you yep. see why?
0: Yeah, it was frozen shut. Yeah, <laughs> Couldn't open it.
1: <laughs> it's funny. Danny Rubens originally had Phil waking up on February 3rd, only to find out that Rita was trapped in a time loop of her own. Yeah, what is that? Were they trying for a sequel? I don't know. Groundhog Day 2. Groundhog Days. End of Groundhog Days. Groundhog Week. <laughs> no. No. Finished perfectly fine. Yep. Let me get our end credits to the Toy Story clouds. Any last words? All right, Hendo. Final thoughts.
0: I haven't seen this film in a quite a long time. How many I, times have you seen it? This would probably be maybe my third, honestly. Okay. But still, this is a fantastic, thoroughly enjoyable film. I really love it. It's Bill Murray is pristine in this film. He is the perfect cast for Phil Connors here. The, the The plot itself works perfect, and the way they set it up from the start into the like the middle portion, when you've learnt about these characters, you you understand what's happening to them. And the, re- the repeated jokes, while other films would be, oh, all right, like I know you've said a couple of times in other films, yeah, you're repeating the same joke. It's not funny anymore. This w- this film, it works perfect because you understand what's happening. It's the same day over and over. So the jokes are going to happen over and over. But every time the joke happens, it's something a little bit different. And that's what makes it special. The chemistry here between Bill Murray and Andy McDowell, while not there at the start, because it's, it isn't, it's not supposed to be there. Once you see Phil Connors gradually understand what he what he needs to be, what he should be, compared to where he was, that chemistry starts to flow. It is fantastic. They're back and forth, and all these scenes is fantastic. Overall, for me, this is a very, very, very good comedy, very good romantic comedy overall. Four and a half stars for me. I really, really love this film. Awesome.
1: What about you, mate? It's your pick. All right. For me, this is a story about a man's personal growth about learning that being kind to others is ultimately more rewarding than only looking out for yourself. It's a very important message, and one that is handled here with such a keen awareness, it's genius. Only Bill Murray could play this role this well. He is so believable as the arrogant and selfish Phil, that when he finally takes his turn to enlightenment, it is all the more rewarding. Seeing Bill Murray play a sweet and kind soul by the end of the film is amazing, in that we've seen how it comes to pass. We've seen his journey – and even though this is not a long movie, we see every step to it and buy into it fully. The love story at the heart of Grand Day is just so heartbreaking and beautiful. The chemistry, as you said, between Murray and McDowell is spot on, and if we didn't believe he would do anything for Rita, we wouldn't believe his transformation. However, this is not by no means a spectacle of a movie. The score is somewhat cheesy, the cinematography certainly doesn't shine, there is no breathtaking filmmaking to see – but instead we get one of the best written and acted movies I've ever seen and one that speaks to me on a number of levels. This is undoubtedly a... Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Outstanding. For me. Fantastic. Good, good review, mate. Oh, It's a great movie. I was the best because the crowd loved me.
0: All right, Dean, this is going to probably place high on your list, but whereabouts is it going to sit?
1: Okay, so let's look at the other five-star films I have on my list. So, we'll start off at The Terminator, and I can tell you now, Grand Hog Day is going to churn through some of these classics. (laughs) It is better than The Terminator, Casino, Silence of the Lambs, better than Die Hard, Saving Private Ryan, better than Donnie Darko, better than Kill Bill. Would you believe it? It's even better than The Matrix. It comes up against La La Land as my number three film here, and even though they are both... They both appeal to me on a, I guess, romantic level. I actually would take Groundhog Day over La La Land. Hmm. But this is where it's going to stop because my number two is Batman Begins and there's no (laughs) chance. Hardly anything beats Batman. (laughs) So Groundhog Day is my new number three. All right, Hendo, where does it rank for you? Well, it's not going to sit that high
0: on my list, but let's go to my four and a half star films. We'll start at number 21 with Logan. And let's turn turn through a couple of these, shall we? It's better than Logan. It's better than It's a Wonderful Life. It's better than Casino. It's better than Stand By Me. It's better than The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And it's better than Donnie Darko. And that's where it's going to stay. So The Groundhog Day, The Groundhog Day, is my new number, 16. Awesome. Your highest-ranked four-and-a-half-star film so far. That is right. Great to see. All right, we're going to play a promo from our good buddies, Duty Dootram and the boys over at Shake and Not Nerd. It's a fantastic podcast all about your comic books and your movies and just your general nerd culture, and these guys, are they're fantastic. We get, get along with them quite well, a couple of Aussie boys.
1: Yeah, some locals. We love the locals, and in particular, these guys.
0: Yeah, that's right. So Shake and Not Nerd, get onto those guys. They're great. We'll play their promo now, and we'll see you on the other side.
1: Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, nerds, geeks, and newcomers alike, we're the Shake and Not Nerd podcast. Where each week we review movies and video games and discuss what's going on in the nerd world. With me, as always, is my co-host Ian, the huge footlong Johnson. Hey, babes. The Tom. Hello there. And Ollie, also known as Big Red. Hi. And I'm your host, Duty Dutro And this is us about five minutes beforehand I was talking to my friends being like they make me say I love Harvey <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it I'm not, I'm I'm r- not r- doing r- it <laughs> the second they said I'm like I love Harvey I love Harvey I I'll suck it, dick I'll suck it, dick for one it's better. Pink just released a new album which apparently is really thank good. god title purple Pink no. run two in the <laughs> 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 where can people find us guys why are you looking at me this time <laughs> Well, I do believe you can find us on any relevant social media outlets or the podcast app of choice. Mm. There are a lot of good ones. So sit back, relax and enjoy Shaking Up Nerd.
0: Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related.
1: Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show to get our name out there and there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways
0: is to just get the word of mouth out there. You know, Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and another personal
1: favourite of mine, CastBox. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can contact us on Twitter at twitter.com slash imdbjourney, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imdbjourney, or you can email us at imdbjourney at gmail.com. Exactly.
0: Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us and like we said dean if you want to put in a review for us send us a dm to our twitter and we'll send you out a couple little bits of sweet merch we actually did get a review here from rico a 87 saying these guys are an absolute right to listen to if you enjoy fast aussie talkers fermenting about every movie on the imdb top 250 and more thanks to patreon and give these guys a listen awesome thank you very much yeah it's a great review fermenting i like it (laughs) Or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, why not check out our Patreon where we post another weekly show breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list.
1: Yeah, that's right. What have we got coming up this week, Hendo?
0: Well, Dean, we've got a special little breakdown coming up on our Patreon. We gave the patrons an offer to choose one of the other three Quentin Tarantino films in the top 250 that we'll give them a full breakdown on, and they have selected Pulp Fiction. Shock horror. I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> so we are going to be giving them a full-fledged breakdown. We are going to get stuck into this film. Yes, it is an extraordinarily popular film. And,
1: yes. Uh,
0: yeah, we kind of like it, so. <laughs> now, this breakdown will eventually be on the main feed because it is obviously in the top 250. But just for the patron exclusive, we're going to drop this down to our dollar level. So anyone who wants to join up to a patron for just as little as a dollar will pick up this episode and a couple other things we've done. So go ahead and go check out all our benefits over there. We'd just like to give a quick shout-out and a thank you to our three new latest patrons.
1: Yeah, we've got the Cinema Recall podcast, the Feel and Film podcast... And Luke Scarman. So thank you so much to you three. We really, really appreciate your support.
0: And we thank you for joining our crew of patrons. And to all the patrons out there, we really appreciate everything you do for us and your generous support.
1: Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash journey and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer.
0: All right, now it's time for...
1: We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And
0: this could be it. Uh. And we've got a couple of reviews for Groundhog Day from you, the listeners out there. First one here from Skullzy95. If you're young and wonder why people love Bill Murray so much, watch this.
1: Short and sweet. Next up from Aliani Silvermist. One of my husband's favourite movies ever. This movie and his obsession with it has been a running joke through our two decades together.
0: And our last one over here on Twitter from the Red Band Reviewers. I love this film. It is warm and dark and hilarious and sad and clever and really well-written and semi-sci-fi all at the same time. I honestly think in rom-com terms, it's a masterpiece. Strong, yes. Debatable, sure. Wrong,
1: no. Fair enough. Over on our Patreon page from Ben Mulvihill. Original premise, tick. Bill Murray, tick. Great script, tick. Groundhog Day is a classic.
0: Lots of ticks there justified it is well, thank you very much for your reviews everyone there but let's head over to our email and we've got
1: grandhog day is a movie we had taped from tv as a kid and it's probably one of the most rewatched films of mine ever it's to the point where you memorize the dialogue line by line the fact that the scenes are repeated in the film has only strengthened this effect what else is there to say about grandhog day It's a 90s romantic comedy starring Andy McDowell. It's one of the good ones, like When Harry Met Sally, or Sleepless in Seattle, or Four Weddings in a Funeral. In fact, it's probably the best of them. Two things stand out about the movie. One is the concept, and the other is Bill Murray's character and performance. Concept-wise, it really captures your imagination. What would you do if you woke up and it was the same day as yesterday? It's the sort of idea that I could really embrace as a child when the bounds of reality still didn't feel cemented. Something like this seemed possible. The film also explores how many different situations and scenarios can occur in a single day, as though the possibilities of any day are limitless. It's a good point. It is. The development of Phil Connor is the film's centerpiece as he gradually morphs from someone self-serving and egotistical into his eventual enlightenment. The journey feels real because of the incremental stages he has had to go through. By the end of the film, I feel this movie is uplifting. It puts you in a good mood, although you have to feel bad for Larry. Just his luck, the day stops repeating when he gets sold for 25 <laughs> cents. <laughs> Thanks, Shane.
0: Uh, great review there, Shane. All right, Dean, it's time for...
1: Answer my question! The question, jerk!
0: Well, we asked everyone to give us their top five 80s comedies. Now, let's go through some of the responses to the ones where no one got any of them, which I must say is a lot. This
1: is a lot. <laughs> From Billy Gray, Easy Money, Back to School, Caddyshack, Airplane, and King Frat. Some uh, choices there I haven't heard of, to be honest.
0: Easy Money and King Frat are the first times I've ever heard those films. Right then. Hmm. Here's some from Mike, Mike and Oscar, Caddyshack, Uncle Buck, Moonstruck, The Princess Bride and The Money Pit.
1: From the Cinema Guys, from 5 to 1, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Three Amigos, Princess Bride, Spaceballs and Ghostbusters.
0: Here's one from Two Views Movies,
1: The Burbs, Beverly Hills Cop, Spinal Tap, Spaceballs and Ghostbusters. Lastly on Twitter, from the Mayor of Nilbog, American Werewolf in London, Ghostbusters, Fright Night... Return of the Living Dead, and Big Trouble in Little China.
0: And over to our Facebook page from Reese McKenzie, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, Flying High,
1: Arthur, Midnight Run, and the Blues Brothers. Dipak Patel says Fast Times at One High, Coming to America, A Fish Called Wanda, Heathers, and Airplane. And over on our Patreon from Shane
0: Jeffrey, The Secret of My Success, Clue Without a Clue, A Fish Called Wanda, and Bill and Ted's Excellent
1: Adventure. And lastly on Patreon from the man on the hot streak, Hayden Gerloff. No longer on your hot streak. He had Flying High, Coming to America, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Blues Brothers and Spaceballs, none of which were on our joint list. Unfortunate, Hayden,
0: but, you know, give someone else a win for a change. <laughs> and thank you very much, everyone, for your responses. But, then let's get to our top five 80s comedies. I'll start off with you, mate. What's your number five? My number five has been mentioned without a clue. Yes, that's right. You did get me to watch that maybe a year or so ago, and it was it was good. I didn't mind it. My number five is Ghostbusters. Hmm. My number
1: four, one that hasn't been said yet, Peggy Sue Got Married.
0: There's a reason why it wasn't said. It's a great eh, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My number four is Ferris
1: Bueller's Day Off. Yep, really going for those uh, popular votes there. Uh, number three for me is Clue. Popular votes? We're not battling each other. My number three is The Naked Gun. Ah, shock horror. My number two is Dream A Little Dream. What? Don't act like what you is haven't that? seen it. Does anyone, does anyone know what this have you, film is? Have you seen that film, Henry? No wonder we... Have you seen this film? No wonder we barely have got, got seen any... Have you seen this film? Yeah, you made me. Yeah, so you have seen it. No wonder... So you know what it is. No wonder Don't no no act one. like you haven't seen it. No it's a we... fantastic film starring the Corries about, you know, body switching and stuff. It's awesome. I highly recommend it to anyone that hasn't seen
0: Dream a Little Dream. What I've been trying to say is no wonder people had barely any of ours on, our li- on their list because Peggy Sue got married, Dream a Little Dream. Who's even heard of these films? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: have. It's my list. My
0: number two is Trading Places. Oh,
1: another shocker. And my number one, When Harry Met Sally. And my number one is, of course, Back to the Future. Ah yes, the classic comedy film Back to the Future, which I did not put on my list because I do not consider it a comedy.
0: Well, you go out there and find a place where it doesn't say it's a comedy. I've checked it up on IMDb, Letterboxd, Wikipedia, uh, everywhere says it is an action-adventure comedy. Harry Met is a romantic comedy, is it not? It's comedy before it's uh, romance. anything else. Yes, it's it's sure. comedy before romance, sure, is it? Sure, Really? Yes. The, the romance comedy when Harry met Sally. Harry met Sally. Are you talking, is about, much more of a are you talking about the uh, comedy Back romance? To the Back talk- to
1: the future is not a comedy. You're talking about the comedy there romance. are funny moments in Back to the Future. It is not a comedy.
0: I look on other places. It says it's a comedy. Yeah,
1: it's you just you just go online and just do what other people tell you to do. All right. So you look up and oh, this website says it's a comedy. So it's a comedy. How about you make your own decisions about what genre a movie will fall into? Yeah, Back to the Future is a comedy. Yeah, you're wrong. No, I'm
0: completely right. That's why it's number one. It is not. Well, I don't know where you're getting that info from because let's look at our joint list. Number five, The Naked Gun. Number four is Dreaming a Little Dream. Number three is Trading Places. Number two, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, and the number one comedy film is not When Harry Met yeah, Sally. Because, yeah, it's Back to the Future. Because well, but, but, it's what, higher oh, it's higher. That's DVD. right. Yeah, that's right. It's higher. it's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's completely right. It's higher. <laughs> but let's look at who got the closest to our joint list. Now, there were only two people that got Two of our picks.
1: Such a broad topic. All right, in second place, from the Geek Salad podcast, Airplane, When Harry Met Sally, this is Spinal Tap, Ghostbusters, and Back to the Future.
0: Yeah, so they had two out of our five possible picks with When Harry Met Sally nailing it in the number two spot. But our winner, it is another patron. (laughs) Another patron. (laughs) They know us too well. That's right. It is Ben Mulvihill. From five to one, he's gone. The Goonies, When Harry Met Sally, Back to the Future Part 2, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Back to the Future, the number one, the winner of our 80s comedies list has Back to the Future as his number one. Wild well done, Ben. I don't blame Great you, mate. Great job there. So, yeah, he's got two correct, one spot on with an honourable mention in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So, Wild well done, Ben. We'll get in contact with you and we'll send you out some sweet merch. We're both masters.
1: Who won? How did it end?
0: All right, Dan, let's check out the results of the Pod V Pod draft between us and the Retro Cinema Podcast. Yes. Now, the draft was 1986 films. We were team two, and we had Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Stand By Me, Labyrinth, Platoon,
1: and The Fly. And the folks over at the Retro Cinema Podcast had Aliens, Top Gun, Big Trouble in Little China, Highlander, and Little Shop of Horrors.
0: Let's take a look at some responses here. First one from Stories of Yore and Yours I'm taking IMDb Journey by a healthy margin. Thanks, mate.
1: Next up from Pint of Comics. IMDb Journey has more strength overall, but Aliens alone covers the gap. Retro Cinema for the win. Here's one from Anne the Artist. Going with the gut, IMDb Journey. From Building the Movie List says, I hate going against Aliens, but I have to go with IMDb Journey. Elo from France says, IMDb Journey, but lots of love for Aliens too." Julio the Contrarian says, worst movie of the draft is Big Trouble in Little China. Best movie of the draft. It's close between Aliens and The Fly, but the ending of The Fly is more powerful, so I'll give it the edge. IMDb Journey.
0: Launching the Pilot says, it's retro cinema for sure.
1: Real Sharks Podcast says, retro cinema. Rob Manafield says, retro cinema and it ain't even close. The Laughter Life says, I'm Debbie Journey, and I better get a fucking shout-out. There's your shout-out, mate. <laughs> here you go.
0: <laughs> Sam at the Movie Reviews and 20Qs podcast says, Retro Cinema all the way. Ferris Bueller sucks.
1: <laughs> Calm down, Sam. I Used to Watch This says, Retro Cinema has Aliens automatic winner. And the last one here from Skullzy95.
0: Come on, Ferris Bueller and Platoon. It's no competition. I'm DB Journey for days. Thank you very much to everyone for your responses out there and your votes. But let's take a look at the results. Hundred and four votes later, it was uh, it was going to happen. We we've lost fifty five percent to the Retro Cinema Podcast. Well done, guys, over there. Well done. So yep, that's that ends the reign of our streak. It does. Let's uh let's move on from here. It's a dark day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back uh even stronger.
1: No doubt. Well done to the Retro Cinema Podcast. There's this tournament. Let the tournament.
0: All right, then it's time to find out the results of the grand final in our best 1970s film tournament, and it was the number four seed, Star Wars, A New Hope, against the number six seed, Alien.
1: Yeah, no godfather to be found here. And with a 58% victory, it was Star Wars, A New Hope.
0: Very well done to Star Wars there. Yep. Yeah. Even though it was in the number four spot, I was kind of a big favourite, I reckon, to take it down in the end. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would say so. So that puts Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope in the final eight category with Psycho, 12 Angry Men and Casablanca. Some great movies there. Absolutely. But it's time to move on to the best 1980s film tournament. And we've got 32 films Damn. in the 1980s that are in the top 250. And let's take a look at them now. So the first match here is the number one seed, Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. Can it go back to back? Well, it's taking on Akira in the first round, so <laughs>
1: maybe. Good luck. Uh, next up, we have the 16-seed Raging Bull against the seventeenth seed My Neighbour Totoro. Coming up next
0: is the number eight seed Once Upon a Time in America Woo! against Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind.
1: Next match up is number nine seed Dust Boot against the number 24 seed Platoon. The next one is the number
0: four seed Grave of the Fireflies against the number 29 seed Gandhi.
1: Next up, we have the number 13 seed Scarface against the number 20 seed Blade Runner. Coming
0: up to our next match here is the number five seed Cinema Paradiso against number 28 The Terminator.
1: And the last match up for this set of matches, the 12th seed Full Metal Jacket taking on the 21 seed The Thing.
0: All right, so we've got eight matches coming up here. We'll see who's gonna advance to the second round. Yeah. But I almost forgot since uh, the 70s is over,
1: you won the bracket tournament
0: way back when uh, Holy Grail. Yeah, Holy Grail beat Clockwork. So you get to choose a film for me.
1: Fantastic. I'm actually gonna give you a film that you've given me, Hendo, and it is The Mirror. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Yeah, I was nearly gonna give you another film. Pussy Boots, from 1988, starring Christopher Walken, which is an outright classic. But, no, I'm going with The Mirror. You made me watch it. It is terrible. And now I want you to share that excitement. I cannot wait. Good. So, what's
0: next? All right, then it's time to find out what film we're watching next time. And no one's picking this time, because in two weeks, we are getting the release of the new live action, <laughs> The Lion King. Yes. So, we are going to do our breakdown of the original classic, The Lion
1: King. Yeah, I can't wait to do this. It's a uh, film I saw very, very young. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Pretty sure it's the first film I ever saw at the cinema as well. Yeah,
0: I think it was my second. I'm pretty confident Gully was my first. Pretty really confident this would be in, like, my top ten most watched films. Fair enough. Yeah, so, that's going to do it for this week. Thank awesome. You for, thank you very much, Dean, for coming in and thank picking you. Grandhog Day. A really, really solid choice. Thank you, Hendo, for listening and talking about it too.
1: Sorry, I just had nothing there. So Not wow,
0: well, you piece of shit. <laughs> so next week we're back with another Pod V Pod with a couple of excellent guests and we'll be talking about what else we've been watching which uh, Dean is not going to be speaking at all at this at this point in time. There is a fair chance it'll be zero. You better watch at least something. <laughs> something. <laughs> uh, we'll see. we'll I, see. I did I did tell you to watch uh, In the Heart of the Gold, the, the US gymnastics uh, documentary it was on HBO recently. I, I recommend you check that out by the time we get to what else we've been
1: watching. I shall see how I go for time. I don't believe you. You don't believe what? I don't believe you'll see. I believe you won't even see. (laughs) Uh, Thank you
0: very much, listeners. We will see you next week for Pod V Pod 23. Bye.